This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. 19 points clear, league title number 19 coming ever closer into sight. Don't worry, for those not ready, I won't say it just yet. Welcome along to the post-game podcast here on Blood Red. I'm Guy Clark as we react to the Reds' latest win after moving on to 70 points for the season. Those 70 points coming from just 24 games. Every single one of the Reds' 19 Premier League opponents having now been beaten. Well, let's get into things, shall we? As always, we'll hear your thoughts here on Postgame as we delve into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Our regular fan callers have their say, as well as checking in with Jurgen Klopp's press conference. Before we get into all of that, though, let's get over to the London Stadium and hear from the Echo's Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. Liverpool are 19 points clear at the top of the Premier League after an ultimately routine 2-0 win here at the London Stadium over West Ham United. Um, first half penalty from Mohamed Salah and a second half strike from Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain did the damage to David Moyes' hammers. Um, as mentioned, it was ultimately all a bit routine and Liverpool really didn't have to get out to second gear to record uh, what was a comfortable win um, and a, a victory this uh, season got 19 clear of Manchester City. They play Southampton now on Saturday afternoon with a chance to make that uh, seemingly already insurmountable 19 points advantage into a 22.1. Um, but uh, Liverpool's goal came from the penalty spot, as mentioned, from Salah with his 15th of the season. Divock Origi was fouled inside the area from uh, Issa Diop, and uh, Salah made no mistake. And um, West Ham were content to keep uh, 10, 11 men behind the ball for most of the game. Um, Liverpool counter attack, did the damage for the opener. And then it was the same for the second, with Salah laying through Oxley Chamberlain with a wonderful ball with the outside of his foot. Just a little bit behind me there, Oxlade-Chamberlain cleaned through, made no mistake and from then on you just felt like Liverpool were going to cling on and get the win. Uh, West Ham, uh, they're struggling, they're right down the bottom and it never really looked like they were going to trouble Liverpool for the remainder of the game. Uh, Fabinho came on, Naby Keita came on and uh, it was ultimately an easy night at the office so Liverpool march on. 19 clear now, Manchester City will look at that and really think that it's surely all over now. Will the white towel be thrown in? They face Spurs on Sunday. Uh, Liverpool could be 22 clear by then. Um, it's looking like Liverpool's title, isn't it? First one for, for 30 years on the horizon. It's now 19 points clear. They've beaten all the other 19 teams in the league. And uh, league title number 19 now seems closer than ever. Paul Gorse with his reaction as the Reds go 19 points clear at the top of the Premier League with goals from Mohamed Salah and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. We'll hear from Jurgen Klopp very soon indeed, but before we get to that, let's have a sneak peek into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Well, Ralph writes 70 points. We're still in January. A ho-hum performance today, but a win nonetheless. We were lucky to avoid what would have been an embarrassing own goal, but Allison was brilliant. He was tested a bit more than I would have liked, however. We need to tidy up a few things before Saturday. Hashtag up the Reds. Joshua Worthington says we are at 70 points at the end of January. Remarkable. John Maskell writes, the Jurgenort rolls on. The build-up for the second goal and very strong by the Ox to finish it. Add to that the back five making up the rock of Gibraltar in front of goal. Amazing saves on at least five occasions by Allison. 19 points clear. Wow. A good night. Hashtag dare to dream. And Matthew Jones writes, just what we needed. A comfortable 2-0 win and 19 points clear. 
no dramas. A nice change to get back to a routine win after an awkward few days in the press following the fallout from the Shrewsbury game. We're speaking of the press and the man in charge of the Red Machine, as John Maskell's just dubbed it, the Jurgenort. Jurgen Klopp has been speaking himself to the media following the win at West Ham. Hello, all good, all good. There are some amazing stats by You've now beaten every team in the Premier League, so you've beaten all 19 teams now. Must give you a great deal of personal satisfaction. Nothing like that. I, I, I don't feel anything like that. It's not about um, feeling satisfaction or whatever. I really, I really don't. I was in the game completely. I wanted to win it, like my boys, boys wanted to win it desperately. Nobody thought before the game we won against 18 and different teams in the league, and so let's make it 19. Um, how is that? It, a season is like you have to dig in. And the best way, you don't breathe pretty much, or you, you jump in the water, you don't breathe, and you come out, and after 38 games, and then you have a look what what happened there. It's difficult enough because we, we are not underwater. We are in a, in a pretty... That's true. I know. It's not literally. Um, and um, so that's how, how we really see it. It was no, again, nothing like that um, in the dressing room. Just, I don't want to... Um, be extremely, whew, what's the right word for that? Um, boring or stuff like that. It's just, it's just not. It doesn't feel like that. So because, and I think the game again is a really good example. It was not a brilliant performance um, against the side, obviously, which is insecure in the moment in the situation they are. Not, um, but it makes it on the other side for us really difficult because a very, oops, a very important um, pattern in football is counter the counter but for that the other team need to have counters and um, winning the ball back and then using the space but we started pretty much each attack with the ball from a centre half um, against 9 or 10 or 11 so yes I, I wish we would have done better but um, I take it like it is because if you would have if it would be easy to win this amount of games and um, have this number of points, so many other teams would have done it. It's just really incredibly difficult. So we played a week ago, I think. I don't know exactly. Probably a sensational game it was a week ago. No, there was Wolf. Was a tough game. A couple of days before that, I think we played against United. Super game. Before that, don't know exactly, but maybe Leicester. Super game. On today, it was a game, and we still had to win it, and we did. No, it's not a motivational problem for us. It was tonight, not a motor boys were here, motivation wise. It's absolutely no problem. It's just then. The the difficulty tonight was to get rhythm, keep rhythm, um, and to stay concentrated. I think the biggest chances we gave them, it was uh, Chini's pass, <laughs> uh, where we're alone in front of the goalie, sensational save from Ali, I think, and um, then Trent post, really, yeah, slapstick situation, I don't know exactly how that happened, and the ball before, obviously, which um, Ali saved as well. So this situation we gave pretty much away, and um, indeed, and, and then Ginny had, yeah, no, Ginny Robbo had another pass like this. So these boys, I, I rely, I would 
yeah give them my kids to to take care for them so i trust them 100 in these situations they, they still make these kind of ridiculous mistakes so that's that nothing to do with motivation it's just staying concentrated when you are constantly in charge that's just so difficult and without it if you then have a flow like that you create chance after chance after chance it's a different game um but we didn't we have to admit that and so it was um, we had to face that challenge and the boys did it in the end um, with the help of a, of a goalie who had nothing to do the whole night until he had to make world-class saves um, um, that is, shows his quality and for different reasons we are in the position we are and the most important reason is the quality of these players. Just out of interest, how old are your kids? <laughs> yeah, older than my players so <laughs> that's why I would give it to them. <laughs> Um, when Pep Guardiola was pushing his team, uh, he made a big deal of the 100 points then. Are you having to set artificial targets or anything? To... Not sure if I have to. I was never in that situation, to be honest. Um, I, I didn't do so far. Um, it's not... Um, last year we had 97 points. I'm not sure if we could have had 100. Um, 99 would have been possible because of... No, 98. We would have got a point maybe at City. So, um, no, I didn't do it. So far, I have no, we have no, I have, if in the moment when I see I have a problem with um, motivating the boys, then I tell you, and then, we'll, then we have to use different things. But so far, it's not necessary. We are Liverpool and we have um, a, a proper history and everybody knows what we have to do. And um, so the motivation is to reach that and not any point records, if that will happen as a side effect, we take it, but um, we are not overly concerned about that. Are there any statistics you'd be excited by, or is it just practice? I have no clue. Um, look, a statistic is a statistic until somebody, uh, or a record is a record until somebody breaks the record. So I, when, when I became with Dortmund and um, champion, and we were 81 points, it was the all-time record in Germany. One year later, Bayern had 90. <laughs> so uh, it's not nothing I'm really um, um, too much uh, concern about that's the truth, but um, game statistics are important. And this today, um, the, all the stats we had today are, are obviously positive, but strange as well because we had only five shots on target and 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 West Ham had four. So that with seventy something percent uh, possession, that makes no sense. So we see and we know that we have to do better. But how is that? Only a week ago, the boys um, did so much better and um, that's completely normal that um, uh, you don't perform always on the highest level but um, winning football games is so difficult and we should not underestimate the performance and we, we put out tonight because it was still more than good enough to win this game. Always when a player has to come off, it's always a concern, especially when you play three days later again. But um, as much as he told me, it, had, um, it was cramps. And let's hope that it is like this and he should be ready again. Jurgen Klopp then confirming Divock Origi could be a doubt for Saturday's home game with Southampton. We'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. Well, writing on Facebook, Brad Fairclough says, Another great win for these mighty Reds. Another clean sheet, another three points. Three things you'll never get tired of watching. Thought Bobby was at his best today, as well as Allison and Robertson. Roll on the next game against Southampton. You'll never walk 
alone. Keith Lynch, Allison was my man of the match. Couple of quality saves at key times. Rice and Snodgrass in mind. Rock solid defence. You'll never walk alone. And Sanjay writes, finally, a routine game where we could really enjoy the last 20 to 25 minutes. Almost felt like a training ground session. Henderson is really demonstrating why he could at least be a candidate for the PFA Player of the Year. Allison was brilliant with anything that came his way. And the Stonic defence has just now conceded one goal in the past 855 minutes. Let's extend this to 22 points on Saturday and march on loving every minute of this. Well, let's hear from the first of our regular contributors to post-game now. And here's what Sam Planche made of the action at the London Stadium. Okay, so West Ham away for the Mighty Reds. Um, bit of a weird night because we're sort of playing our, on our own, if you like, in the Prem. And a full first half, you know, West Ham worked out, but Liverpool were just, you know, a cut above and could have went up a couple of gears, could have scored a couple of goals without really being at the best. Second half, West Ham had about a 10, 15 minute spell where they gave it a good go. Um, but, you know, it, it all stems from the fact that in the first half, you could see the 5 4 1 formation that David Moyes plays. and just kills the life out of people, kills football and, you know, kills the will to live. But that's what he does, isn't it? You know, and he's made comments more about being a winner and all that. He's a winner that's spoiling the game. Um, and that's okay if you get results from it, but he doesn't really do that either, does he? But anyways, I know Mark, forget about him. So the main thing was second half... Um, you know, Salad at the post. Then we had quite a, a couple of other chances we should have scored. But what alarmed me was the there was quite a few lapses from us and Alison was way to work, even though we made it look easy. There was a few saves there early and that's something that we've got to pick up. I don't think Trent had his best game at all. Um he wasn't alone. Um when Aldam kept giving the ball away cheaply and Arigi really didn't do enough and the Arigi, you know, he just he, he's far better off the bench as an impact player. When he starts he, he very rarely does anything and he seems such a nice guy and he hasn't really got a mean streak in him. But he's got power, he's got pace, he's he's, he's got it there, but he's just not got the, the mentality. So I think he's only ever gonna be an um, an impact player. And you know what a great one he scored loads of important goals for us and you know I think the only start is the Barcelona game and I feel where he's really so much there. I thought Salah worked hard though. Sometimes he's greedy, you know, he, he works hard and you know, he has chances and he'll score your goals. But the main thing there for Liverpool tonight was the win and they won the game again and what I think now it's a really good thing where the pool have evolved and Klopp's learned is that we used to be this team who were just relentlessly pressing and sometimes it'd come off, it'd be breathtaking if it didn't, we get picked off and lose and now we can flick that switch between being composed and keeping the ball and calming the time and then just just at the right time we seem to be able to pick the right time to go on and it and just kill teams off. And I think the Oxide Chamberlain goal there, uh, the second one, 
just proved that. I mean, you know, they'd had a couple of set pieces and Van Dijk cleared in we away and Salah barred away. If you watched the goal back, it was absolutely phenomenal, you know. Outside of the boot and Chamberlain had done well, he could have went down, he muscled the fella off and just slotted in the corner. It was a brilliant goal and counter attack and just really seizing opportunity and seizing games. Quite cute, quite clever and that's what the pool have got on their arm, you know, got on the lock and they used to be quite naive when they used to just power forward and it was good to watch. We're quite cute now and we've got ability and we've got that balance between a great goalkeeper who's always in the right place defence with Van Dyke Marshall and it Gomez's pace sweeping up you've got the two lads bombing forward occupying the wingers and then you've got a steady midfield and you've got the front three and when I was starting to introduce Chamberlain in there who hasn't been at his best but he's had the odd down running it's quite dynamic and the only other thing I think was quite telling was that Fabinho got um, a good 20 minutes under his locker because he's looked miles off and when he first come on the team he looked miles off he needs good four or five games just get in his groove. Keita got some minutes and it was great to see Curtis Jones on the pitch. So it's another good night for Liverpool. 70 points and I think Leicester won it with 78. You know, there's loads of games to go. We're 19 clear, you know, and it's a great time to be ahead. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 2-0 away win against West Ham. And this was in stark contrast, wasn't it, to the game against Shrewsbury. I must say, I think a big part of that is is Virgil van Dijk. Let's not forget there were a good number of uh, players that you would consider to be first-teamers in that uh, FA Cup game recently. But when van Dijk's on the field, they all seem to behave a little bit differently, particularly from a defensive point of view, when Liverpool knocked the ball around at the back as they did uh, today against West Ham, admittedly with only really one attacking player chasing them, they do look so calm and very organised. Whenever one man has the ball, there is always somebody who drops off behind him, who is the emergency option, if you like. And Liverpool look particularly in control as they sweep the ball around from side to side, looking for uh, an opening that can take them forward. That didn't seem to be there in quite as easy, uh, a seamless, comfortable way when they took on Shrewsbury. Matip, Lovren, so often caught with the ball underneath their feet, um, finding it difficult to generate or find options and therefore giving the ball away. I just think Virgil makes whoever plays alongside him uh, a very good player in possession. This is not the first time that's been said for sure, but uh, it it does seem to be a thing. Uh, It's such a pleasure to have him in the side and to to see him do so well. He marshalled one West Ham attack so expertly. We just take these things for granted, don't we? Uh, What a player he is. I thought Mo Salah also had a a super game, obviously got the penalty, tucked that away quite expertly. But that assist for Oxlade-Chamberlain for Liverpool's second goal was was genius stuff. I mean, to hold the ball up the way he did, it was a little bit crowded there, just inside the West Ham half. And then with the outside of his boot, playing the ball between West Ham defenders into the path of Oxlade-Chamberlain, that was something special. A nice way to round that off. I think the man of the match, though, was probably Alison Becker, which is is strange given that 
West Ham set up so defensively. And I think that was probably why Jurgen Klopp wasn't so uh, so pleased in the post-match press conference. Of course, happy with the points. But in terms of the performance, I think West Ham probably had too many chances given that they were that they set themselves up so defensively. But Becker seems so reliable, doesn't he? It doesn't seem to be uh, too much of a worry for us. How many of us really worry too much when the opposing side is through on goal these days? It, it doesn't seem to bother me a great deal when Alisson Becker's in goal. And um, even when Adrian's in goal, I must say, Liverpool looking good in between the sticks. I'm always um, very intrigued by the way Jurgen Klopp applies his substitutions. Uh, and I always try to see if I can predict what was going on. I don't always get it wrong, of course, but he's, it's it's expertly done. It's like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu exponent, move by move, just working towards an advantage, everything carefully planned out. No big hitting substitute, really. Uh, just step by step, very, very conservative. To take Origi off, who seemed to be uh, injured, actually, seemed to have a thigh strain that looked as if he was applying some ice when he was on the bench and then put Fabinho on means that really you don't change anything you're not you're not giving players because you want to give players the chance to recover from injury and uh, and to give them a run out if they haven't had much playing time so Fabinho was an obvious target as was Naby Keita to bring Fabinho on though in Divock Origi's place, doesn't upset the apple cart in any way. It doesn't make us vulnerable because we want to hold on to that league. That has to be the priority. So to then move Oxlade-Chamberlain um, to the left there was a very nice, smart move. But then to take Trent Alexander-Arnold off uh, and bring Naby Keita on, and then you bring uh, Jordan Henderson back into the right-back position, give Naby a little bit of a run out. And of course, that move for Oxlade Chamberlain to take him uh, onto the left wing, if you like, um, where Divock Origi originally was, it seemed obvious that he would also make way at some stage. And because Div was injured, I think it was probably a smart move to leave Minamino on the bench because it seems that he will now start at the weekend, uh, given that injury to Origi. And it was nice to see Curtis Jones have a run. So, yeah, I love watching the way Jurgen manipulates and manoeuvres his substitutes. He's doing that really quite expertly um, these days. Um, just a final word on Jordan Henderson. I remember in the last World Cup, there was a game in the knockout phase. I can't remember who it was we were playing, but it went to penalty kicks. And uh, Liverpool had just come off a season where they were just kicking into gear. Um Virgil van Dijk had joined and we were just starting to show that we were promising that we might possibly be able to achieve things. And off the back of that, I envisaged that Liverpool might have a big purchasing season and that they um, they might step things up. And, I, you know, we're all familiar with the fact that Jordan Henderson receives criticism from various quarters. And I thought maybe he was reaching a turning point in his career. And I turned to somebody who was sitting next to me in a pub in Singapore as we watched this game as Jordan Henderson stepped up to take what was a crucial shootout penalty. And I said, you know, this could be the turning point in his career. If he misses, this could be the end for him. Well, he went on to score. And then the very next season, Liverpool began what is now a, 
hopefully a sustained period of dominance with him lifting the Champions League trophy. And here he is on the cusp of lifting the Premier League trophy. And uh, I think he again had a, a super game. Jim Beglin in commentary was saying that he is in the conversation for player of the year. And I hadn't considered that before. But I think he's probably right. If Liverpool do win the Premier League and when you add that to what they've already won this season and what they could go on to win, thinking Champions League, perhaps FA Cup, then yeah, he's he's a super shout for player of the year. You, you talk about numerous others as well. I've, I've mentioned a few of those names already. Um, but I think Jordan Henderson would be a, a wonderful call and what a fabulous way to cap off an historic season that would be for him and the club by the way it was it was Henderson who played in Mo Salah before he sent that lovely outside of the foot pass to Oxlade Chamberlain for the second goal tonight so a very complete performance by Liverpool in terms of the result not um not scintillating but then when you take on a team um that's sets up the way they did they're always going to be difficult to break down but testament to this club that we do it week after week at Gullasahi on Twitter G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I Steve Dawson out in Singapore with his take on the Reds win at West Ham we'll back into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group where Paddy writes eat sleep win repeat Richie O'Farrell pretty routine win no drama except Trent hitting the post two main points David Moyes is still a football genius and Origi can't play on the left. Mind the gap, you'll never walk alone. Chris Gordon says, efficient win, but that said, Moyes' team set up practically guaranteed it. For me, it was a tale of two Fs. At one end of the spectrum, Firmino oozed class, ghosting around and through the opposition like they weren't there. At the other end, Fabinho, worryingly rusty for consecutive games, misplacing passes and committing dumb fouls uncharacteristically. Good to see Curtis Jones get a few minutes. More points than Manu and Spurs combined. Can't be bad when all is said and done. You'll never walk alone. Well, time for our regular caller into post-game as Ross lets us know what he made of the night showing down in the capital. Comfortable 2-0 win. Unbelievable here on 70 points. Not even into February. 19 points clear in the Premier League. It's a matter of when, not if, we're going to be Premier League champions. Totally dominated, dominant performance there this evening. Um, West Ham, really poor in my opinion. You could see what they were trying to do. They set up really tight in that first half and it was it was a pretty grim first half really. Not very much happened. Lovely Liverpool had the better of the chances. There was the odd chance and they were literally there to contain. It was everyone behind the ball. They just had the one option up front. Typical Moyes type of side, really, real, really negative, and um, it it took it took the penalty really to 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 get the goal because it, it, there wasn't really like it was going to come. Um, clumsy challenge in the box, and you know, absolute stone cold penalty, no arguments. Sal was never going to miss it. Took it away, and you know, from that point on, the, the result was never in doubt. You are going up one nil and one nil at half time, and then. Um, Coming out for the second half, you're expecting West Ham going to have a bit more of a go. 
you know, which they did a little bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they they went gun ho, but they they had the. There was a few more opportunities for West Ham in that second half, but obviously, absolutely killed the game. Um, Chamberlain within six or seven minutes of that um, start of the second half, and it was yet again. The Reds are always at the most dangerous on the break, and it was a corner for West Ham. Liverpool go on the counter, wonderful through ball from Salah with the outside of the foot, and great finish for Chamberlain, great to see. 2 0, absolute game over. Like I say, they had a couple of chances, West Ham, you know, after that. Allison's made a few good saves, but it was absolute, absolute cruise control, in my opinion. You know, second gear. That's now every team apparently defeated this season in the Premier League. First time that's been done by the Reds. It's just unbelievable. It's almost surreal. We're, we're absolutely cruising to this league championship. I'd never thought it'd be like this. I'd never thought I'd witness us play like this. 70 points. Still another 40-odd to play for. You know, we're going to... Surely we're going to surpass what City got, which I thought no one would ever do. And... Yeah, it's just unbe- an unbelievable time to be a Red. West Ham-wise, I thought they, like I say, I thought they were poor. The ones they always talk about for West Ham, Declan Rice, really average. I don't know if it's the way they were set up. They've talked, they've talked a lot about Declan Rice, you know, in the England side and possibly big moves to United and whatnot, but didn't see anything really in, in him to, to go out and spend the money, so... Yeah, um, Curtis Jones got a little run out as well. Big fan of Curtis Jones, as I've mentioned before. Great to see him get another five minutes with the with the full first team, and his development continues. So yeah, looking forward to the next Premier League game now. So, uh, Saturday, where, uh, Southampton can only see another three points in the bag. Just like to mention, you know, the whole FA Cup situation. The replays on Tuesday, Klopp's obviously said he's not playing anyone in the first team and he's not even going to be there to manage the team himself. I'm, I've never, I'm not going to criticise Klopp, he's the manager, he can do as he as he pleases. But I'm a little bit disappointed in that, you know. I'm sure, I understand that, you know, this two-week break thing and all that, but there must be a few players there chomping at the bit, you know, we're on the sidelines to get in and have a game. But, you know, even that, I can understand. If he wants to play the youngsters, that's fine. But I'm really disappointed that Klopp himself has choosing not to be there. And he's just totally dismissed the whole competition. But, yeah, like in the grand scheme of things, I, I do know it It doesn't matter. We're going to be the league champions. We're still in the mix for the Champions League. You know, I just, I just find that a little bit disappointing. But, you know, it is what it is. Like we say, what can we do? Well, I'll be there. I'll be there on the Tuesday supporting the young lads, and you know, because there's no reason why we can't get a result. Shrews behind a great side. Yeah, they turned up. They turned up in that. Fir- uh, we they turned up in the in the first game, and we blew it a little bit in that second half. But it'd be great to see uh, more more opportunities for you know, Curtis Jones and that. So yeah, there's no reason why the kids can't do it. Just a little bit. Does disappointed Klopp's not going to be there, but that's up to him. He's the gaffer. Not going to argue with him. He took us to a place I never thought we'd be. And so, yeah, game's coming thick and fast. Obviously, we've got Saturday, Tuesday, and then I think, yeah, that's when it is. There is a little break then, so 
recharge the batteries, get the little the breaks or whatever they must have sorted and the final push of the season. Come on, Reds. Ross with his views here on post-game. Well, a couple more comments from the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group before we go. If you do want to feature here on post-game and aren't a member of the group, request to join. And who knows, your thoughts could be shared with many more Reds. On that note, Keith Holden says tonight wasn't a classic by any stretch. However, this match does show how far ahead in terms of team ethic and being able to win when not at your best we are in this league. We didn't have to come out of second gear to brush aside a very defensive and poor West Ham side. When they did get a slight sniff of goal, our big Brazilian between the sticks was there to pull off two great saves from Rice's header and Snodgrass's low curler. With all the media fuss about Jurgen Klopp's stance in the FA Cup, it was good to get back to seeing what his side does best, totting up three points week in, week out. Not many standouts for me tonight, as most players went about things in a methodical and professional way. Good to see Mo get another goal and an assist, and also good to see Robbo being the main threat in a very congested 35 minutes of the first half. He was unlucky not to score when he dinked on just wide after a typical lung-busting run down the wing. Oxlade-Chamberlain also showed again he can be a threat breaking ahead of the front three when he slotted home at the second. Roll on Southampton, let's really turn the screw on City and let's make the lead 22 towards the number 19 up the Reds. Jay Roberts... In his usual format, he likes to put in the group, says, The good, a nice goal from Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and some sweet saves from Ali. The bad, Trent attempting to toss a bone to West Ham United with a shot off the bar. The beautiful, the beautiful, brutal, relentless consistency of this team. They have learned to manage games like an efficient machine. Dare I call it almost boring? Allison was my man of the match, another clean sheet, and we can tend to overlook his contributions to our winning ways at times. Up the relentless Reds. And Graham Turner Shaw says, great win and clean sheet. Up the Reds. Well, Graham capping off the feeling simply there to end this edition of the post-game podcast. A gentle reminder that Analyzing Anfield will be back for you on Thursday afternoon as Josh and Dave take an analytical eye to the Reds' latest showings before, of course, we gear up for Southampton's visit to Anfield on Saturday. That'll have to wait for them, though. But thanks again for now listening in to Blood Red and here to the post-game podcast. Your time and company always appreciated. Until next time, though, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel.